It's the end of another season and another year here on Inside Jokes, and we have some returning friends of the show, some old friends of the show, talking about new projects, new things happening now and in the new year and in the world of comedy. I'm Dean Young, and we're about to go Inside the Joke. Welcome to Inside Jokes on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Yeah, Canada, you are listening to Inside Jokes right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto and Coast to Coast on the Global News Radio Network. Brought to you, of course, by our good friends at Hakeem Optical. Even if you're sitting in the back row, everything's fine. That's (laughs) (laughs) We should have gone with that one the whole time. We have some returning friends of the show. So it's been a while. Ali Hassan is back in studio. It's been, you, it's been a minute, as the kids say. The kids do say it, and it's uh, it's accurate. It has time. been. I yeah. think you joined us about a year ago, maybe. Yeah. You have some. You always have something new you're working on, but you're doing this uh, this show. We ain't terrorists with Dave Mahaj, who couldn't join us today. He's in New York filming a TV show. That's right. Some of us have that. Some of us just have moderately listened to Canadian radio shows. <laughs> moderately listened to. Yeah. We should all be so lucky. Good yeah. for you. Lucky guy. But of course, so we're going to get into what that show is all about and what you guys have coming up. And Rush Kazi is back in studio. Hello. With another new show happening here in Toronto. Yeah. So Fairy Tales. Fairy Tales. It's an LGBTQ comedy show. And you're doing that here at uh, Toronto's iconic Rivoli. Rivoli on Tuesday. Yeah. This coming. T- perfect. Perfect. This coming next. Buy your tickets, please. This now. coming Tuesday. Yeah. What's so? What's Fairy Tales all about? Because last time you joined us, you had a different sort of showcase that you were working on down at the Rivoli. Yeah. So uh, this one is just to highlight queer voices around Toronto and I guess across Canada if they can make it. We also have a couple of drag queens that are coming and performing and singing, so it'll be a lot of fun. Nice. So it's a bit of a variety show. A bit of a variety show. Do you expect it to get? Does it get a little bit? wild when you sort of mix elements like that and have well i was trying to get a burlesque dancer as well so it might get a little bit more wild than you'd expect the tricky thing with that i feel like though is when you put on and of course ali can weigh in on this too but i think when you put on you know you're building just a specific sort of classic stand-up show there's sort of that barrier there we're like okay you're the audience we want you to just sit down (laughs) and be quiet (laughs) and behave and stay in your seat but with this when you're you have a burlesque you have uh, drag queens performing. There's almost an element of: Do you want the audience to be involved a little bit? Do you want them to sort of be? There's raucous? going to be some partitions, so the comedy is going to happen first, and then we're going to have all the raucous bits. And there's an intermission where I think the burlesque dancer will fit in quite nicely. Okay. I've been on uh, shows that Rush has put on, yeah. one that you put on a few months ago. Yeah, Asian and Comedy All Stars. You headlined that Asian one. Comedy All Stars. Uh, that was a group that was more ready for burlesque than comedy. <laughs> and, and, and Rush had to do a lot of like, "You be quiet. You shut up. Hey, stop it!" Like a, a yeah. lot of that. And then finally, once they started getting into the comedy, I think they eventually they felt like, "Okay, we're in good hands. Yeah, we, we can allow ourselves to be entertained and not." be part of every single thing that happens, you know? But yeah, it took yeah. a while. You had to work off the top. Yeah, that show was interesting. But like the other shows I've had since then, the audience seems to be really trained. Like there's a lot of repeat people. So okay. I think they've learned from when I yelled at them. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> That's the interesting thing too. We've gotten into that with some people on the show before where I mean you guys are both working stand ups. I mean Ali, you're on the air, you're on the radio, you're out, you know, doing clubs and touring around and all that stuff. 
Rush, you're a working stand-up, but you guys, when you're producing your own shows like these, it's a completely different animal. I mean, I remember doing it where I was always more comfortable being, even though I loved hosting, but if I'm on booked on somebody else's show, it's like all I have to do is show up, do my time, <laughs> yeah. and have a good set. You're putting on these shows. I remember that like half an hour, 40 minutes before the show starts, and you're waiting for those seats to fill. There is no greater level of anxiety that sure. I can think and of. And then your Absolutely. text messages... Hey, bro, are tickets still available? What time does the show <laughs> yeah. start? Like, oh, man, you, you just want to turn off your phone and be unavailable completely. And even, I mean, it's Canadian stand-up, so even the comics you have booked on the show texting you, yeah. hey, what time does it start again? Well, you're on stage in 20 minutes, so it's a totally different thing. I mean, how much, and we'll get into it more after the break, but I mean, I'm curious how much you guys have to sort of separate the regular stand-up you from the producer-promoter and how much of a different thing that is to maintain and to do. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll speak to you after the break about how much I hate that role and uh, <laughs> try as much as possible not to take that role on. I just I don't like telling people what to do. Yeah, that, that's the bottom line. I didn't even when I, I managed a restaurant and yeah. I had to tell you know the back chefs what to do, the front of the house what to do. I didn't even enjoy that, and I was like, I, I'm in the wrong. This is I shouldn't be managing. Yeah, I know, I know that I know that world too. And there's nobody that's more difficult to manage, I would say, than comedians. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know. Especially in this city, I feel like, especially in this country. Uh, we'll get back into it. We'll find out more about what these shows are all about. We'll be back with our panel on more Inside Jokes right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Hi, my name is Amanda Joy from Second Gen, and you are listening to Inside Jokes on 640. Uh, 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 yeah, my name. Yeah. I know way too many people here right now that I didn't know last year. Who the f*** are y'all? I swear it feels like the last few nights. We've been everywhere and back, but I just can't remember it all. What am I doing? What am I doing? Oh, yeah, that's right. I'm doing me. I'm doing me. I'm living life right now, man. And this what I'm going to do till it's over. Till it's over. Oh yeah, welcome back to Inside Jokes right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. We've got some old friends of the show in studio with us. Ali Hassan is back, ladies and gentlemen. Hi. <laughs> Hi. Rush Kazi in studio. Hello, hello. So it's the end of the year. It's been a busy year in the stand-up world, and both of you guys are producing new shows right now. Well, actually, this uh, Ali, so this is a show that you and Dave Merhaj put together and toured around. Well, So Dave started this around 2007, 2008. The show is called We Ain't Terrorists. Yeah. You know, he was like sort of taking a look around and, and, and a lot of these sort of beige brown comics <laughs> weren't getting a lot of stage yeah. time. Yeah. And uh, including himself first and foremost. Yeah. And uh, he was like, I'm just going to create my own show. And, and he did it, I think, at um, Yuck Yucks and Ajax. And, uh, you know, the yuck yucks, the, 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 it, they were sort of like, you know, originally it was like, this won't work. Yeah, and it yeah. worked uh, It worked phenomenally well. And then he was able to sort of take it to, to larger bars and clubs around. Uh, we, we basically focused on uh, southern Ontario and Quebec. Yeah. So we would do like 
at most six, seven, eight shows on a, on a tour, you know, Ottawa, Kingston, and Belleville, this kind of stuff. And um, he just, I met him in Montreal. Dave Morhez can't really say no. I think he can now, but back in the day, he didn't really say no to anything. He was like, sure, man, whatever. Everything yeah. is cool. So when I asked him, could I MC this show? He was like, yeah, sure, man. I don't think he'd ever heard me MC. <laughs> he didn't know anything about what comedy I did. Eventually, we got pretty tight as friends, and it worked as a combination. But I think when he said yes, he didn't even really know what he was getting into. But um, <laughs> in, in the end, what happened was sort of these these other comics that were with us for different show dates, they sort of fell off, and then uh, Dave and I continued doing the show. And originally, it was like, you know, we would do the show, and it was about sort of making fun of, you know, your background. Yeah, and, and like, stereotypes. And yeah. stereotypes and all that. And then... Eventually, just Dave was like, you know what? I, I'm just going to do what I always do, which is like make fun of the whatever warts on my eyes and yeah. my, my sad looking penis and whatever it is <laughs> that is Dave's material. He's like, I'm just going to do that because that in itself is showing that, hey, man, we're just like any other goofball in this country yeah. of our age group. We're just like anybody else. You know, whoever we are, we're not so different from other people. Yeah. And so uh, he started doing that. And then in the last two years, he and I both have had the same transition into me more with my family because I have kids and him just getting closer and tighter with his family. He's sort of gone back to making fun of his family, but it's not about, you know, when you start is you're really, you're kind of making fun of accents and like sort yeah, of yeah. very superficial stuff. But this is really going into his family. His mother has OCD and his dad had prostate cancer. So it's taking things that are not inherently funny and bringing them out in funny situations that he has with his family now because of some real stuff happening. And I think for for Dave, because you obviously, Ali, like watching a lot of your stand-up, you do talk a lot about fatherhood and marriage and all that. You you bring your personal life on stage a lot as yeah. comedians yeah. are wont to do. But what, the interesting thing with Dave Merhaj is this is probably one of the only shows where he does a lot more of that and he gets more personal because a lot of times if you see Dave Merhaj on stage, he might have a set list ready to go or he might have something he wants to talk about. But he'll just go off for 40 minutes based on who happens to be in that room. Yeah. And then all somebody, of a sudden, that's the somebody set. Somebody sips a bottle of beer in a weird way in the front row and then out goes the set list. That is how yeah. they can go <laughs> yeah, sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. an interesting. So is this kind of a chance for you guys to. Like, are you doing material in this show that you maybe don't normally do when you're out there touring well, around actually, and working? Well, actually, you know, it could go, normally it could go wherever, but I think this will be a little bit tighter because we're we're recording an album. We're recording yeah. with Howl and Roar. I'm sure you've had oh, Al yeah, Gore Alice Gore's label, yeah. So we're doing a Howl and Roar uh, record, you know, recording, so uh, album recording, so we have to be a little bit more tight in our uh, our plan. But sometimes, you know, Dave and I have done this. We were in, last year we were in Saskatchewan and uh, and Alberta. And it's really like hilarious. Night to night, it's not really the same set list. Yeah, you never yeah. know what's going to happen. Um, I, I, when we went to uh, Edmonton, Sherwood Park, I saw that there was this group of people who were there, clearly CBC listeners, older. They were there, yeah. you know, to see me. This is kind of a demographic that I attract, and I don't, I don't. Uh, I respect the fact that they're coming out. Any bums in seats are good bums in seats. Absolutely, you know I mean? yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're out for me, and then you know Dave started going a little bit blue and talking about some weird <laughs> stuff, and I had to pretend that I've never heard him speak like this to these <laughs> ladies. I was like, Auntie, can I call you Auntie? Auntie, I'm so sorry. I had no idea that he would be talking like this. You're a you're a monster, Dave. And then myself and some people turned on him. You know, like it really goes wherever. Yeah, sometimes. Um, but this will be a little bit more structured, which is not a bad thing either, because his structured jokes and my structured jokes are also 
Yeah, you, know, you guys know what you're doing by now. For, yeah. yeah, over a decade. And you brought up an interesting point. I want to get back to this after the break, and Rush can can touch on this too, which is people starting, and we were talking about this last week too, but people starting these record labels and starting their own tours and starting their own shows is something that's really especially blowing up right now in Canada. It's almost, I wouldn't say the, the, the quote-unquote gatekeepers are gone, <laughs> but they almost hold less sway now. We can kind of work around that now. So I want to kind of get into why you guys are starting these things and, and that sort of change that's happening in Canadian comedy. Right here on Inside Jokes, we'll be back on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Hey, I'm Andrew Chapman from Defending the Caveman. You're listening to Inside Jokes on 640. Oh yeah, welcome back Canada. You are tuned into Inside Jokes right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. I love slapping the desk. <laughs> That's my thing. If I have a thing, if I have a trademark, uh, other than a, an ongoing identity crisis and meltdowns on the air, it's slapping the desk. That wasn't enough, desk. huh? That wasn't, <laughs> that wasn't enough. That one's too deep. You need a superficial one. Is <laughs> That's all I have. Yeah, I'm the, the, I'm the desk slap. That's what it's I'll be remembered good slap, for. though. It's not weak-handed. It, uh, it commends attention. Right? You're doing it well. That's it. I could get away with that here at uh, Chorus Studios, Ellie, because they don't know that we're here. <laughs> hey, you can't do that we, at the CBC. We are here, people. We are here. We have Ali Hassan and Rosh Kazi in studio with us. Hello. Doing these shows, doing your own shows, we were getting into this a little bit before the break, and, and Ali, you were talking about how when, when Dave Merhaj originally started We Ain't Terrorists, it was sort of, I don't know, out of frustration necessarily, but it was sort of him building this platform that didn't exist at the time, yeah. because I think you guys both know this, I mean, any comedians of color, queer comics, a lot of these shows and showcases that are happening really only more recently... The, those didn't exist before. There was always this sort of token thing of, right? okay, we'll have the gay comic on the show yeah. or we'll have the black comic on the, you know. Or you get like a threefer with me, right? Like brown, <laughs> gay, Muslim. There you hitting go. all yeah. the boxes, right? There <laughs> you go. And I think, I don't know, I mean, and this is really only, and we've touched on this on the show recently, but this is really only the last couple of years. And I mean, we do, of course, we live in a city like Toronto that is not only, you know, it's a very diverse city and it's our largest city, but it's also our stand-up hub in Canada. Right. You know, there's really us in Vancouver and Montreal, that's it. So a lot of these audiences were always here, but nobody was tapping into them. So a lot of these shows are happening now where it's like, here's a lineup of queer comics you don't normally see. Here's a lineup of different comics of color. And I feel like... The industry has finally caught on to this, you know? So the festivals looked at this and went, oh, we should probably get on board with this because there's a whole new audience there that we didn't have before. Absolutely. You know, and that we could tap into. Right. I mean, for you guys, is it a put, putting on these shows, do you, do you see audiences come out that maybe you don't normally get to interact <laughs> with the rest of the time when you're out there just hitting the stages and working and touring around? I think so, actually. Like, for the Asian Comedy All-Stars one, there's a, there's a huge, like, pan-Asian audience that I didn't see previously yeah. that are coming out religiously to these shows. I put a show together called Muju, which is Muslim and Jewish, and it was nice to see Muslim and Jewish audience members mingling with each other Yeah, since they want to fight so much. <laughs> <laughs> and just creating all these vehicles. Like, this, this queer show I created because there was, like, a, a vacuum that was created something happened in the queer community queer comedy community where someone 
had to yeah, leave. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the show, the, the entire lineup was actually all the comics that were supposed to be on the next show. Of that Of that, showcase. yeah. And like they felt kind of like lost and they're like in a lurch. Like, oh, we were really looking forward to this. So I'm like, I'll create a vehicle for you guys. You guys want the stage time. I know you guys are solid comics. So that's what this show's about. That's interesting because they're really, without getting too much into it, but there really was this sort of, this whole scene that was happening here that just yeah. kind of, Put on pause. A dark cloud has been lifted. I'll just say that. Yeah. I'll just say that. A dark cloud has been lifted. We are free. The shackles are off. The handcuffs are off. Feel good. Feel better than we did previously. That's how I feel anyway. Yeah. That's true. I know there's a hundred people who can echo those sentiments. Yeah. And I mean, it's interesting too because the idea of stand up was always, it's a cliche, of course, but the idea of stand up was always. White guy in a sport coat complaining about his wife, like that sort of thing, right? <laughs> and then you would have these sort of like tokenized, like if you did have, let's say, a black comic, the, there was almost this pressure of, well, they have to do material about here, black people and white people are different because ABC, you know? <laughs> and you would always like, you could, the amount of comics that there were out there, you would always only have very limited spaces to get booked on a specific lineup, and that was it, right? So you had to like fight over table scraps in a way. Right. Whereas I think now things have kind of reversed in well, a way. Well, I always looked at it, comics are kind of misfits in a way, right? Like who chooses oh, yes. this? Who really, <laughs> who dreams? Once you get, once you do a few months of comedy, you yeah. still want to keep going? Like there's obviously something sort of wrong with you, right? Yeah. So yes. we're all misfits. So I never understood why you can't, we're already misfits. Why does it have to be one kind of misfit or, or, or you know, person who who's sort of in the margins of society? We're all in the margins. We can all unite around that. It doesn't matter what color or background or gender. We're, we're all in. telling jokes to drunk people for approval in the dark. So. <laughs> yeah, that yeah, really, yeah. that'll bind you. You know, that'll bring I, you together. And I'm kind of curious. I, I want to because I've known you guys for such a long time, and I worked with you guys in stand-up, and of course, you've both done this show in the years since then. Uh, I'm kind of curious what that sort of moment was when you, you know, because when you first start stand-up, everybody has their different reasons for doing that, but there is always that turning point where you go. Okay, I guess this isn't a hobby anymore. This is what I'm actually going to legitimately pursue. And what I always loved about stand up and what I probably missed the most about it wasn't just the being on stage part. It was the fact that you can, you're in this group with these other people and you're all sort of like these, it's like the broken toys. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's and I love being around stand ups because there there's this there's no judgment and there's sort of i can interact with you guys in a way that maybe i wouldn't with you know my friends that i went to college with or my coworkers or whatever when i'd go out at night and hang out with stand-ups it was like oh yeah these are my people mm. you know nothing's sort of off limits here yeah 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 there's a freedom reason. yeah there, reason. <laughs> yeah there's a freedom to it but i want to get get into your origin stories a little bit oh when we yeah there we go, oh. when we come back we'll be back with more inside jokes right here on global news radio 640 toronto Hey, this is Roddy Colmer. And Jay Brody. And you are listening to Inside Jokes on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Touch it. 
Canada, I feel it coming. <laughs> Do you? <laughs> I, feel I feel the tears coming. <laughs> uh, we are back with more inside jokes right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. And I'm glad we're playing some, we're spinning some Canadian hip hop and R&B today. It's nice. Nice. Right? I wish yeah. Dave Mahaj was here in studio with us because last time he was here, we got into a bit of an Eminem debate and he accused me of only listening to, to rap artists that I want to bang. <laughs> Which is only was that a fair accusation? This is only ninety five percent true. Okay. <laughs> we are missing the his, weekend. His yeah, wisdom. I'd give him a go for sure. But yeah, uh, I'd yeah, give I, him a go. I'd give him yeah. a, like you have the option. Give him a good Roger. <laughs> yeah, that was my most Thunder Bay way I could say. It. Yeah, I, I'd plow, buddy. There, <laughs> I'd plow, buddy. Just wait till I. The worst time of year on this show, by the way, you guys, is is when we come back after Christmas. Because then I've been home up north for a week, and I, oh yeah, and this hard oh. work that I've put in in a decade of you know being on air in Toronto, I come back and it's just gone. Yeah. For like <laughs> just reeking, yeah, reeking like, a tea bay. Yeah, how's she going there, buds? You know, it's like that for a week. Just we should be canceled for all of January, but it's fine. Uh, we have Ali Hassan and Rush Kazi back in studio with us. Yo, producing your own shows, it's a headache. It's it's got to be a la- <laughs> it's got to be a labor it's of like love. Like hurting though, right? cats, all the comics. I mean, at this <laughs> point, what? Because I, I think either of you, obviously, you're fine if you weren't producing your own shows. I mean, you're both busy. You're both booked. You're yeah. both working. So what's the driving thing behind this now? I mean, Ali, you guys are doing an album taping at this one, of course. We're but- doing that. But even if we weren't doing an album taping, it's like a... You know, Dave Merhej lives in New York City. He comes back to Toronto. It's kind of a reuniting, you know, uh, Patrick Hakeem's another buddy of ours. He, yeah. We wanted to have him on the show. He's going to go see his mom in Montreal. But it's like buddies reuniting to do what they love. And all of us have somewhat of a following. In, I mean, um, how do you say it? Like, you know, that comedy bar is like a hundred seater. Right? Yeah. So yeah. it's an easy, it's a low maintenance. You don't have to get publicity involved. You don't have to get, you know, a ton of, the, the PR machine doesn't have to put out its tentacles. Yeah, yeah. And try every avenue to like, we got to fill this 500 seater. You know what I mean? It's like a, <laughs> in the comedy bar, which also has so many walk-ins and is yeah. such a, like a, a hub for comedy. It's just kind of a, a great, easy place to to do something that we want to do we added the album taping afterwards dave was like you've been talking to aldor quite a bit why don't why don't we talk to her about this i was like oh that's a great idea let's get howl and roar on you know the, the, yeah. he was, the idea was to do the show because i hate producing so much i look for the <laughs> easy way to produce I'm, yeah i'm at a stage of my career where you know my agent says do you want to do you know for example in saskatoon there's this winteruption festival and uh, hey, it'll be Steve Patterson and you co-headlining. Are you interested? This is the guarantee amount. You have to arrange your own travel. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm totally easy. Into Done. That. Yeah, yeah. I'll be there. Where all I have to do is book a flight. Yes, I'm very, very interested. Yeah, in that, you know. So Rush is younger than me. She's still got a hustle. She's still got. Uh, <laughs> she still wakes up with a drive every morning. You know what I mean? I'm I, so uh, tired all yeah, the time. Well, that's, yeah. <laughs> That's it. I got. I have four kids that are tiring me out enough, you know. And then, and comedians, even when they're my friends and we're not booking them, it is like dealing with children. I have enough of that. I it really, really is. And that. I think you know, there's this idea that you know, because stand up, it's it's one of those jobs that's an entire lifestyle, it and is. especially in a city like Toronto and here in Canada, where you know there is so much stuff that we're all going after, sort of this limited pool of things and trying to build our own things. So even if you strip away that sort of, there's that idea that all stand ups are partying all the time and all that stuff, and there there is a lot of that, of course. But you really do have to just be out there doing this 
seven nights a week. You, It's all encompassing. It's your whole life. And when you're trying to balance a day job or a family at home or all of the above, I mean, it's it really is the grind, no matter what level you're at. Mm-hmm. I yeah. mean, you could be at this 10, 15, 20 years and you really can't really ease up on that. It's true. I had a, a young comic ask me uh, on the weekend, uh, you know, his him and his wife are talking about having a baby and she's really interested. And he's just started. He's a year in. He's like, well, yeah. like, well having a family like affect my comedy. Like, well, <laughs> buddy, I don't know what to tell you. It will. Yeah. But it doesn't have to be a negative thing. How uh, bad is it? Because I'm trying right now. Are you trying? Yeah. It'll change your voice because it's going to change what you're talking about. Right. That's yeah. True. Yeah. 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 You're already tired, so you got that one down. <laughs> Great. I have a full-time day job and I do this every night. Yeah. So like, and then yeah. baby. Yeah. Do um, I just bring the baby to Mike's? My what I told what I told this guy was like, look, I I'm I'm in my 40s, man. I know a lot of people, a lot of parents. Nobody I ever met in my life said, "I wish we had waited." Everybody says, "I wish we had had a kid sooner." Yeah. Everybody says that. That's almost that's for me unanimous across the board. Nobody's happy they waited. People just figure it out in the end. You know, you don't see too many babies left on a corner because somebody goes, screw this. this yeah, and I think there's only a certain amount of pre-planning you can do. And then it's just now it's here and it's just now your it's life here. Changes, and and now it. you're going to be uh, you're going to find a resourcefulness that you didn't think you had. There we go. Yeah. Geez, we could have had you on the parenting show. Tonight. No, don't put me on that. <laughs> don't put me on that. I got the vibe. I got the vibe. I yeah, we'll, we'll wait until Rush right has a baby and then come back and do the parenting show. There we go. I'm we'll bringing be- my baby everywhere. I think you should. I've oh, seen it happen at stand-up shows. Is it an Inside and- Jokes parenting show? It's part of our umbrella of radio shows Okay, here on Global News. Oh, yeah, and that I don't want to be on. Okay. But I, if, you ever have, if you ever have parents, me, Ian Sirota, whoever, yeah. Kate Davis, and I'm, I'd love to talk Inside about that. Inside parenting jokes. Yeah. Oh, you know that'd what? be fun. That would be fantastic. We'll do that in the new year. How about that? All right. We'll come okay. back with in season five. All right, we'll be back with more Inside Jokes right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Hey, this is Ali Hassan, and uh, you really can have it all if you're listening. Inside jokes on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Can we blend? Uh, can we blend commercialization and IDs? Can they? Yeah. Yeah, welcome back, Canada. You are tuned in to Inside Jokes right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. We're covering a lot of bases tonight. We're trying. We're trying. We're talking babies, parenting, <laughs> why it's a nightmare to produce your own stand-up shows. <laughs> we'll come back from that, though, and just go make sure you attend these, though. Yeah. That's very important. Well, Please come. I mean, well, what you're illustrating is the hard work that goes into producing something your own. that may look effortless the night of, but it's it never is. Well, I'm freaking out. 
I mean, there's always been that culture in the Toronto stand-up scene of, you know, starting your own rooms and mics and all that stuff just out of sort of necessity. And just because I think it's more important when you're in your first couple of years of stand-up because you just want to get your hosting chops and you want to bring your own friends out and all that stuff. Because all Mm -hmm. that stuff... First off, your friends coming to your shows, that fat melts off the bone very fast. Very fast, fast, very early. You know, you guys remember when you're doing your first few mics, it's almost like, yeah, I got six of my college buddies are coming out because deep down they just want to see if I'll bomb. I did did two very good shows in a row. My first show, I was on top of the world. Only two of my buddies came. One yeah. guy was so nervous for me, my friend Zach, who I've known since the third grade, he forgot to press record, so oh, there's no. no record of it. <laughs> Great show. Second one, also pretty good. Yeah. So then I invite a bunch of people for the third show at the Comedy Nest, and yeah. I, you know, it was like 18 people, they get babysitting, all that kind of stuff, oh. for my seven-minute set on a glorified open mic, and uh, I bombed so bad. <laughs> I, so bad. So then it was a long time where friends didn't come, and I was like, good call. You Don't know what? Come. I had the exact same thing. I remember... My first, my first couple sets, everything went great, and I thought I got this. Yeah, because I had like it's that five seven minutes that was just nailed into my head. Right, it was it was like rehearsed. It was ready to go. It was too rehearsed, I'm sure. But then same thing. I had like ten friends that I went to college with. All came out to the show. It was at this jazz club here in Toronto called the Train Studio. It doesn't exist anymore, yeah. probably because of me. And <laughs> I had one of those moments. Like I ate it so 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 bad, and they they booked me there to do a full weekend. I don't know why. Oh, <laughs> they yeah. shouldn't have. I was like the middle portion of the night while this scat singer was taking a break. That was that was it. Ooh. And I ate it so bad. But I had one of those moments I remember where, you know, I go up to the bar and there was this unspoken, ooh, that was rough. And I have like a scotch and I'm just, and I'm thinking, do I want to keep doing this? Yeah. You know, or am I going to, do you guys remember sort of that turning point moment where you go, okay, this is what I'm doing now. Like, this is what I'm doing with my life now. I, well, Rush, you go ahead on that. I'll, I can tell you, but yeah. I, I don't actually remember when that happened. I think I just wanted to from like yeah. the beginning. Yeah, like the same thing that you guys were talking about. My first time was really good. I did it absolute. And the second time I brought a bunch of people at the rock pile in Etobicoke. Yeah, so oh, yeah, was, yeah. That was a shit show. Uh, <laughs> but I think I just wanted to be a comic since I was like 15 and Russell Peters came to my high school and performed in the small cafeteria for like ten dollars. Yeah, that's. Yeah. I don't. I don't think you're allowed to swear on the show. Oh yeah, the bleep loop. Oops. <laughs> that's the interesting thing about you, though, Rush. Because I mean, I met you a long time ago now, and I remember, you know, that was in the days of like I'd be running around seven nights a week, hitting open mics and all that stuff. And you still have that same energy and that same drive for it. And I look at that and I go, I don't. Mi- I'm tired. <laughs> I am very just tired. Watching that, I'm exhausted. But it has to be out of love, right? I mean, that's the thing. Because there's always, yeah, there's rewards, and you know, you're only ever as good as your next show. Because right. you could get some big gig that you've been going after, get some new credit or something, and five minutes after it's done, it's just over. It's always about the next. Right. Thing, I right? finally did JFL 42 this year, and now yeah. I'm like, what's the next step? Like, yeah. it took so long to get here. It felt like. Do you guys think that, and I mean, Ali, you certainly know, we touched on a bit earlier with people starting families and stuff. I feel like when you are newer in stand-up and in those earlier years, what you're talking about on stage is more influenced by the outside world. Like, oh, I have to talk about what's happening in the news. I got to talk about social change. Sure. My first five years were influenced by the audiences. I was doing a lot of like... uh you know, dirty bar shows in LaSalle and Laval and all these suburbs in Montreal. Yeah. And so then I'd be like, hey, what are these, what is this room full of 90% Greek men or Italian men <laughs> want to yeah. hear? And so it was all filth. 
And then I marry my wife, and and my my daughters are her her girls. My girls are from her first marriage, so they were already like I think six and four at the time. Yeah. So my four year old is on the iPad saying, "How do you spell your last name, Papa?" I'm like, "Why? What are you doing there?" He's like, oh, "I just want to look up your comedy." <laughs> like, oh my God! Thinking about the filth that I've said on stage yeah. to entertain others, the pandering that I've done. And that was my moment where I was like, okay, I, I don't want to do that. I don't want these kids to find stuff that I'm not even proud of. And so I changed it to sort of a cleaner thing, talking about them. They were writing comedy for me every day anyway, you know, based, without their knowledge. And I think that does happen too. I mean, once you've been at this a while and, you know, you get older and you, you get more comfortable in your own voice. So your comedy becomes more just about your personal life because you have that sort of comfort level of going, yeah. well, okay, I know who I am on stage now. So my job is to make the audience relate to that. Yeah. I don't have to take something that I found on Twitter yesterday and, and do bits about that. I'm just going to make them relate to me, yeah. the person and the comic, right? Totally. And yeah. that comes with time. All right. We'll come back with more inside jokes right here on Global <laughs> News Radio 640 Toronto. Hi. My name's Aaron Berg, and you're so lucky to be listening to me on Inside Jokes on 640. Now, back to Inside Jokes on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Early pace up the hour. Streets is bustling, hustling. They order. You can't have the sweet with no sour. Spices, herbs, sweet scent of flower. She came out precisely the hour. Clouds disappear. The sun shows the power. No chance of a probable shower. I fell in love with my neighbor's daughter. I wanted to protect and support her. Never mind, I'm just 12 and a quarter. I had dreams beyond our border. Is it true when they say all you need is just love? Oh yeah, Canada, welcome back to Inside Jokes right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto and coast to coast on the Global News Radio Network. We have some nice nice Canadian hip-hop and R&B going on tonight. That's a tricky one though, that Canon song, because it starts and you're like, oh, this is nice. And he's talking about love and it's a, it has a nice beat, a nice melody. It's a child soldier Yeah, thing. and then yeah. it's like, and then, then she got shot though. Like it takes a hard left there at one point. <laughs> That's what you got to do. You got to get him in with the, uh, got to get him in the honey. Yeah. Like and then throw the salt in And the then eyes. throw the child soldier in there. That's how you, that's how you do it. We have Ali Hassan and Rush Kazi in studio with us. What's up? We've, I feel like we've covered a lot of bases tonight. We tried. You know, origin stories of stand-up, shows you're working on now, raising kids. Trying to make them. Trying to make, <laughs> trying to make, trying to make babies. Despite all odds. <laughs> you told me during the break, you're like, I have something to show you after the show. I hope that's got nothing to do with that. No. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I remember grade Maybe. nine gym class. I know how that's done. <laughs> Am I doing this right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Gosh, this is not a question for Dean. <laughs> yeah, no, not anymore anyways. Yeah. I have no idea now. Uh, so- <laughs> it's like riding a bike, buddy. Come on. Yeah. How do you forget? Yeah, yeah I probably, yeah. Uh, I just raise cats now. But anyways, We Ain't Terrorists, so you guys are doing that at Comedy Bar. Comedy Bar, December 28th, 9 p.m. You get sick of your family. You need a break <laughs> between Christmas and New Year's. Come and see us. Uh, it's uh, it's looking like it's going to sell out. We had uh, we had 23 tickets sold before December 1st. So oh, I beautiful. haven't seen what's happened since. But um, Comedy Bar was like, oh, that's, you know, shows that's here good. sometimes sell out. 
in the holidays when you have 20 sold out the day of. So if you yeah. have 20 sold out, you know, almost a month out, they were pretty happy about that. We're, we're pumped. But um, yeah, get your tickets, you know, comedybar.ca. Yeah. Come see us. It'll be a great show. It always has been. That is sort of the perfect time. It's a bit of a palate cleanser in between the holidays, right? Exactly. Just go out, leave your family, <laughs> see reset, some comedy, yeah. reset. Take your mind off. That's it, right? Get maniacs a, and lunatics. Get, get away from all that. Relatives. And mine's right before the holidays. Yes. Yeah, so Rush Cosy, so you have fairy tales. Yes. Happening at the Toronto's famous Rivoli. Yeah. It'll be a fun time on Tuesday. It's a party, comics, drag queens, maybe burlesque, karaoke afterwards. Karaoke afterwards. Karaoke afterwards. You're doing it all. I'm going to never sleep again. <laughs> <laughs> How exhausting is that hosting something like that? Because it's more than just, okay, I'm going to go up and do my 15 minutes and then keep the crowd warm and bring up comics all night. Like you, that's a whole event that you that's have. That's a to... whole event. Then I go to work the next day. Oh my God. <laughs> See, this is why I'm retired, you guys. I listen to stories like this. I'm like, nope, I would die. <laughs> I would die at this but point. But please yeah, come to this. It. All my other shows have sold out. So. There you go. Queerfairytales.eventbrite.com. Get them. And that's the thing you so you last time you did the Asian comedy all stars now you're doing fairy tales you really are sort of scene building a little bit and here. Muju as well and Muju is, yeah which is the Muslim and, and Jewish show Muslim I love that name too it's a fun name <laughs> it's a very fun name sounds like a dessert you could get at Union Station it is Muju there sounds you like go a dumpling there you go <laughs> delicious pork dumpling Make I was thinking sure... a savory sweet dumpling <laughs> <laughs> there you go make sure you go to the Rivoli. Check out Fairy Tales. Make sure you go to Comedy Bar over the holidays and watch We Ain't Terrorists. Two fantastic shows. Thank you to our panel. You can listen to all our episodes right here every Sunday on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. And, of course, stream them all since the beginning of time on the Global <laughs> News Radio Network. We'll be back next week. Hi, this is Alicia Carusi, and you're listening to my aunt, Sandra Carusi's Comedy RX. This week featuring Ali Hassan. Hello, Winnipeg. So I was a chef for many years. I've made money from food. I've fed a lot of people. And, uh, and food's gotten me out of some jams. I have kids. I have two stepdaughters. And we have this little thing we call a son. And uh, my stepdaughter's very interested about where the little guy came from. So sometimes we'll be driving. This happened recently. We're driving back from the skating rink, from the back seat of the car. My eight-year-old daughter says, Papa. Papa, where did our baby brother come from? And I was like, all right, I'll handle this like a man. Well, honey, who wants french fries? Woo! And we just turned into this Lebanese restaurant that I've never seen before in my life. We had fries, we had falafel, we had shawarma. I spent 23 bucks that day not to answer that question. I have no regrets. No regrets. I will continue to spend that kind of money. Oh, absolutely. Thank you. Thank you for applauding my poor parenting. I appreciate that. That's important to me. 